Aldrin Sampia on Beyond the Headline. It's 19 minutes before 4 o'clock. We're in conversation next with energy expert Ted Bloom. ESCOM has just announced that the country's prolonged load shedding will continue to be implemented over the next few months as the power utility has no money to burn diesel anymore. Ted, good afternoon and thank you so much for making time for us. What does this all mean? Uh, well, it just means that we're going to be in prolonged darkness uh, going forward. And uh, I, I studied uh, what ESCOM was reporting on. And in reality, if, this, if you just discard all the nice words and pleasantries, the fact of the matter is Eskom's still on the downward spiral and there's been no turnaround at Eskom. It's still falling. Sure. Um, so the new board that was appointed were told that uh, they must reach a 75% energy availability factor. What are we currently standing at? So the fleet the availability factor is at uh, just over 58% at the moment. Uh, the coal fleet is uh, substantially lower than that. Mm. Uh, it's propped up by the one nuclear that's working and, of course, the OCGTs. Um, so, no, they're they're very far away. Uh, in fact, I mean, uh, the, the chances of Eskom actually even getting to 65%, never mind 75%, uh, is very, very poor uh, in the sense that uh, they don't have the cash to buy the parts. They don't have the skills to, to, to uh, fit the parts. And they don't have the money to burn the diesel. So um, it's clearly a disastrous state of affairs. However, there is some further lying by Eskom in their numbers mm-hmm. in that they talk about the municipal debt. The fact of the matter is most of that municipal debt has been written off according to their own accounting policies. You know, if you've written off debt, you can't keep on saying, well, it's still there, it's still there, and it's growing, it's getting worse. Yeah. The fact of the matter is they, they're lying to the public, and um, there, there's a reason why the debt is in- increasing and increasing. And it's very simple. Eskom's increases have been far higher than anybody can afford. Uh, there's nobody there that can tell me that they've had an average of over 700% salary increases over the last 10 years. And that's exactly what Eskom's increases were. So whoever has used Eskom power is impoverished, but Eskom's too thick-skinned to understand the implications of it. So considering that 11.2 billion rand has already been spent on the open cycle gas turbines, what does this mean for the new financial year? And also taking into consideration what um, the Minister of Finance had said when it comes to the debt of ESCOM, could we see ESCOM going to the market again to try and secure enough funding at least for the open cycle turbines? Okay, so from what from we asked it, and from what I understand with my uh, interaction with local and global markets, is that nobody's interested in funding Eskom any further. Any further funding will come through the fiscus, uh, in other words, to have automatic gar- government guarantees. Uh, as far as uh, the, the the Minister of Finance making uh, more money available to Eskom by taking over some of the debt, I mean it's jiggling the chairs on the Titanic. Whether the debt's in Eskom or whether it's in, 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 in finance, uh, Treasury, uh, it's, uh, the moment you move the debt over from Treasury, from Eskom to Treasury, Eskom will go and borrow more money and steal more money. So uh, it really doesn't solve the problem. The only way to sort out the problem is to do a forensic investigation into the debt and sort out where the criminality is taking place and stop the criminality. But by just moving it over to Treasury and giving them a fresh chance to borrow more money, or if they could even get it. But as I said, there's nobody with an appetite to lend even one penny at this stage. 
A final one, um, the resignation of the acting group executive for Generation, um, Rulani Matebula. What do you make of his resignation, also considering that he's only been in that job now for like six months? And Jan Oberholz is saying that um, in his resignation letter, he said that demand for the job was untenable and it impacted his health and family time as well. We've heard this from a former CEO of ESCOM as well. No, absolutely. And uh, that was Pakamani. But the fact of the matter is, uh, neither Pakamani, with respect, and uh, uh, Philip Tukash, who was Rulani's predecessor, nor Rulani, uh, are adequately equipped for the job. Especially Rulani. Rulani is not an engineer. He was a water chemist. So uh, for him to be dumped into the deep seat, I mean, he must have been very ambitious to take the offer. But it, it's, uh, it, it's, it's not something that you would normally even consider. Mm-hmm. So that just shows you the dire state of, of uh, experience and technical knowledge within ESCOM that they have to try and fill seats with people that are patently, patently, and that includes the current CEO, patently ill-equipped to do the job. So then, of course, you're going to have extra stresses. It's bad enough if you're equipped to do the job and you experience and you know what you're talking about. It's even worse when you're not equipped, you don't know what you're talking about, and then you, you end up lying to people about what's going on. Thank you so much for your time. That is Ted Bloom, who's an energy expert, taking your voice notes on 0614-104-107. You tweeted Aldrin St. Pierre, and our studio line is 086 000